I'm Brandon. This is baseball. Let's get into it. Okay. So took a week off, spent some time with the family, went on a little vacation. Now I'm back and ready to go. And I had already recorded this episode and then the news about Jacob deGrom broke. So Rangers pitcher Jacob deGrom is going to undergo Tommy John surgery. Jacob deGrom has not pitched for the Rangers since late April. Now, if you remember, Jacob deGrom signed a five-year, $185 million deal with the Texas Rangers over the offseason. And it was really a head-scratcher just due to his injury history. It seemed like a bigger risk than it was worth for the Rangers to invest that type of money into a player. And so far, um, unfortunately, it has been a bad investment for Texas. He has pitched, I want to say, five games, and now he is out for the rest of the season, and he's likely going to be out part of next season, if not most of next season, working on rehabbing his arm and ultimately his return. So the first two years of his five-year deal are going to be highlighted by injury. It's incredibly unfortunate that this is how this is going with DeGrom. Um, I don't like to be right on things like this because I want the best players to be available to play because I think it's best for the sport when you have all of your best players healthy. And Jacob deGrom, in my opinion, when healthy is one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the entire league. And we're going to be missing him again for the rest of this season and part of next season. I don't know how much this impacts the 2023 Rangers, considering they've been fantastic without him. I'll highlight that a little bit here in this episode. Um, Speaking of that, let's get into the rest of this. So we are officially into June. We're two months through the season, about 60 games, give or take. And at this point in the season, you start to figure out what teams are for real and what teams are going to fall off. So we're going to kind of take a look back into May and then we're going to talk about those teams that I think are a surprise that will or won't stick around. I'm going to go ahead and start in the American League East. Tampa Bay Rays are 43-19 and continuing to just dominate everybody they play. Now, the American League East is clearly still the best division in baseball. Every team is at or above 500 heading into June 7th, the Red Sox are in last in the East at 30 and 30. And what it looks like to me is that every last one of these teams are going to be playing important baseball in the month of September. Boston is 12 games back in the American League East, so in all likelihood, they're not going to have a realistic shot at that. But if you look at the wild card standings, they are just five and a half games back. And when you're five and a half games back and you have three wild card 
spots up for grabs instead of two this season. You know, five and a half games back seems a little more doable because I think you're going to have other teams that are going to move around too during the season. I think the biggest surprise out of the American League East is still the Baltimore Orioles. I know that they had a great season in 2022 and they're following up and having a even better season in 2023. They're 37 and 22, only four and a half games back behind the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays. So while the Rays are having an incredible season themselves, they still aren't comfortable. You know, one bad series from the Rays and a good one from the Orioles. You know, this is all of a sudden a really close race. Ideally, if you're the Orioles, you want to get a head-to-head matchup against the Rays, and that's not going to happen to them until late June. They have a three-game series against them. You know, ideally, you if you're the Orioles, you are playing really good baseball up to that point, and, you know, go head-to-head against the Rays and take two out of three or maybe even sweep them. That's what you would want to do if you're the Orioles. I think it's officially safe to say that the Texas Rangers are for real. They're 19 games above 500 and they're leading the West. The Houston Astros are three and a half games behind them. They're both teams are playing really good baseball. I think that the Astros are just going to continue to chase them all season long. I still feel like the Astros can and will win this division. The Rangers are just going to have to figure out a way to keep playing really great. They have the roster to do it. But I still like the Astros, despite everything that's kind of gone on with them with injuries and whatnot. They're still just an incredibly sound roster. Now, the Los Angeles Angels are in third. They're a game above 500, but they're nine games back. Uh, they're in the wild card race, if you will. But this is about the point in the season where the Los Angeles Angels are going to start to fade, I believe. I just... I haven't believed in them the previous years. They haven't done anything with the talent that they have. And I don't really see a reason to think that they will all of a sudden just start rattling off a bunch of wins. I think they're just an average team and that's who the angels are. Mariners have followed up their 2022 playoff berth with pretty underwhelming season it looks like they're likely going to just miss the postseason altogether. They're one game under 500, and unless they completely turn things around, it's just going to be a probably a, a 500 season for them. And then if we really want to spend time talking about the Oakland Athletics, they're uh, 38 games under 500, and that's just going to get worse. I, this team's going to lose 120 games. It's disappointing that the Oakland A's ownership has decided to take this route with their stadium situation and make it miserable for fans of Oakland baseball. Now, moving to the American League Central, the worst division in baseball, if you ask me. The 31-29 and Minnesota Twins are leading it by three and a half games. To the Cleveland Guardians, who are 27 and 32. Your second place team is five games under 500, and they're three and a half games back. That's how bad this division is. 
the Red Sox would be one game back if they played in the American League Central. So, and if you remember, the Red Sox are in last place in their division. So that speaks to just how bad the American League Central is. The Kansas City Royals, who are 18 and 42, are only 13 games back in their division race, but they are 17 and a half games back in the wild card race. So the terrible, terrible Kansas City Royals have a better shot to win the American League Central than they do to get a wild card spot. That is how bad the American League Central is. Complete and utter disappointment of a division. I would like to say that Minnesota is just going to win this division, but they're not really convincing me all that much. I mean, I think we can agree that the White Sox are having an abysmal season. They're five and a half games back. If you're five and a half games back and you're the White Sox, you have a really awkward decision to make at the trade deadline. You're nine games under 500, but you're, you're, you're not out of it. Do you buy? Do you sell at the trade deadline if you're the White Sox? It's going to be tough. I think the White Sox should just go ahead and rebuild, but that's just me. Moving on to the National League. Let's start in the National League East. Um, The Braves are leading that division. They're my pick to win the World Series this season. They are three games above the Miami Marlins. Um, The Miami Marlins have been a pleasant surprise this season. When I went into this season, I expected the NL East to consist of Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies all being competitive. But the Mets and the Phillies have both been incredibly mediocre, and the Marlins are seizing that opportunity. And they're only three games back in June. And right now they're playing the Royals, and that's, you know, at least a free two wins, if not a sweep. The Braves haven't been playing completely great baseball over the last 10 games, but I still believe in them and think that they're going to be the team to beat in October in the National League. The National League Central, once again in June, the Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place in the National League Central. They were they had a really great April, had a pretty iffy May, kind of came back to earth a little bit, but lucky for them. Uh, Nobody else in the National League Central is playing all that great either. The Brewers are half a game back. And at this point, I think think the Brewers are going to win the National League Central. But you know what? Why not if you're the Pirates? Nobody else wants to take control of it, so you might as well. The biggest disappointment continues to be the St. Louis Cardinals, who are now 11 games under 500. I thought that they were kind of making strides. There was a point in May where they were... I want to say they were four, four and a half games back. They're now eight games back in the National League Central. And, you know, I think uh, this season's just going to be bad. And, you know, it's going to be the Cubs and the Cardinals on, you know, who decides to take last place. The Reds have been trending upward and they have honestly an exciting future ahead of them. So, you know, if you're the Pirates, if you're the Brewers, if you're the Reds, you play in a not very great division, you might as well seize the moment and take advantage of nobody wanting to control the Central. Okay, so the National League West. The National League West is very, very interesting this season. I thought that the Dodgers were going to 
win the division, but I did go into this thinking they're vulnerable. I don't think that the Dodgers are the juggernaut that they have been in the West over the last, you know, 10 years. And I thought that this would be the season that the San Diego Padres would maybe leapfrog the Dodgers. I didn't think it would be this year, but possibly next season. But we have a surprise team in the Arizona Diamondbacks. I, the Arizona Diamondbacks lost more than 100 games last season, I believe, and they are tied for first place with the Los Angeles Dodgers at the beginning of June. Uh, this is a team that is having success, and I don't think that anybody saw it coming. I still uh, don't really believe that at the end of the day they will win the West, but, you know, they're playing good baseball, and I think that they can be in the conversation for one of those wild card spots down the stretch. I think that this is still going to be the Dodgers' division to lose when it comes down to it. I want to close the show with this topic and get into it a little bit. Um, earlier this season, Bally Sports filed bankruptcy. Bally Sports is a regional sports network, and it covers, it broadcasts games for multiple Major League Baseball teams. It also handles other sports. I believe it handles NBA and maybe some hockey. I know it handled MLS at some point, but they filed bankruptcy and you know, it was kind of up in the air what was going to happen with some of the Major League Baseball broad uh, games being broadcast. And Major League Baseball stepped in and said, you know, if it comes to a point where Bally isn't uh, broadcasting games anymore, then we'll step in. And that meant that in all likelihood, your games for your team were going to end up on MLB TV. So I'll use the Kansas City Royals as an example. Um, you know, the Kansas City Royals are, uh, their games are on Bally Sports Kansas City. And it sounded like, okay, if Bally Sports Kansas City goes under, then MLB TV will just broadcast those Royals games. And you'll just get to watch them if you are a subscriber to MLB TV. And that got me excited because one of Major League Baseball's problems has been accessibility. You know, where can I watch this game? I don't have cable. Where can I watch the game? Oh, you want me to pay 20 bucks to watch a team that's probably going to lose? I don't know if that's worth spending the money on. So we finally had the first team have to have MLB step in and take over their broadcasting. And it was the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres announced that Bally Sports was no longer going to broadcast their games and all Padres games were going to be available through MLB TV. So that sounds awesome. Okay, local blackouts are going to be lifted for the Padres. And if I have MLB TV, that means that, oh, I just get Padres games in my own market now. That is incredible. Well, that would have made sense, but... Instead of MLB just saying, yeah, if you have uh, MLB TV, you'll just get Padres games now. They decided that, hey, you already paid 140 bucks to subscribe to MLB TV and get 29 teams that you probably don't really care about. Uh, well, I know you're spending that, but guess what? We're going to need another 20 bucks a month from you. So Major League Baseball 
could have just said, hey, if you're already a subscriber to MLB TV, you're just going to get the Padres. But they instead just added an extra price. And I swear Major League Baseball just doesn't get it. You want to grow your game. You do all these changes. You made major changes to improve pace of play. You added a pitch clock that essentially shaved a half hour off of all your games. And you did this for the TV product. You didn't do this for the people that are going to the ballpark. If you're going to the ballpark to watch a game in person, you don't care if you're there for two and a half hours or three and a half hours because you've already decided this is what I'm doing today. I've invested my time into this. Take as long as you want. If you're watching it on TV, yeah, hey, I don't really have the attention span to watch a four-hour baseball game. Well, the pitch clock solved that. But the problem is, baseball is just not accessible enough. People want to watch baseball. They do. I swear people want to watch it. And Major League Baseball just makes it so difficult for people to find their product. And I thought that this... Valley sports situation was going to help Major League Baseball take a step in the right direction, but that is not the case, and we're still at the same problem we were when Valley Sports had their streaming platform is, oh, it's just behind another paywall. Oh, and I get if you don't pay for the streaming service or you don't pay for Major League Baseball TV, then yeah, you should have to pay, you know, whatever, 20 bucks a month, or I think it should be like 10 bucks a month. I think that that's completely reasonable. But I think if you're already a subscriber to MLB TV, you should not have to pay an additional fee to watch your local team because that's the team that you most likely want to watch anyway. I know, you know, I utilize MLB TV and I'll watch pretty much any game if there's a good pitching matchup or if there's, you know, two teams that I think are really fun to watch. I'll just watch it on a random Tuesday, but most people just want to see their team. They want to pay attention to their team. I've talked to so many different people that are like, man, I just, I want to like baseball. I want to watch Royals games. I want to watch, you know, inter team here, but I can't because, you know, there's nowhere to watch it and I can't justify paying this per month for this one thing. And I really hope that MLB evaluates the situation at the end of the season and comes up with a way to make games broadly available for everybody. I mean, I know that this is a little bit of a stretch, but I think that NFL is so successful because their games are completely free. All you need to do is have an antenna. Like if I want to watch Chiefs games, I can watch every single game that they play in the season. Even Monday Night Football or games on Amazon Amazon Prime. If a game is on ESPN for the Chiefs in my local market, my ABC channel will broadcast that game. I think NBC, my local NBC channel, broadcasted the game that was on Amazon. So they've made it so easy to watch your game. Hey, just get an antenna. Have your local channels, you'll watch all the games. And I understand that there are significantly less games for the NFL to broadcast to you. So, And NFL kind of shares the TV deal among the entire league where 
in Major League Baseball, ML, uh, each individual team has their own TV deal, and that's important to the revenue of their club. But they need to figure out a way to somehow share this revenue and just make their games broadly available. Like I don't understand why Royals games or your favorite team's games just aren't on random local TV channel that you have. But hopefully, like I said, they'll get it fixed. And, you know, one day we won't have to jump through a bunch of different hoops to watch a simple baseball game. That's all I have this week. Thanks for listening.